Coming up on OTH, Raymond and I discuss the quarterfinals in the World Championship and predict what's going to go on in the semifinals. We hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Hunt. Everybody to episode 33 of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I'm your co-host Chris, aka Dry Bones, because I actually just have like really dry skin all of the time, and I, <laughs> I need to like bathe in lotion pretty much every time I shower. I was trying to think when you said that. I was like, how do you actually know if your bones are dry? That's weird. They're like inside you, but you just went with the skin thing. I got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it goes deep, let's say. And joining me on this podcast is our little friend, Raymond. <laughs> a friend of the show. A little friend. Just uh, a little friend. one. Yeah. What's going on, man? Uh, Not too much, dude. You know, just we've gotten through quarterfinals. I've been not playing as much New World, but started playing Legion TD2 this past weekend and spammed that for a little bit. So that's been fun. Been playing games yeah um how many hours have you put into that so far uh actually let me check because it has been a considerable amount oh my gosh it's been 18.8 hours and just i think i bought it like saturday we just kind of spammed it maybe it's friday night but it's been pretty fun have you seen that game at all oh hello sorry my internet like just cut out that was weird Okay, yeah, you went a little robot for a bit. Um, you were telling me you put eighteen hours in, and then go from there. Yeah, I think I think I put in like eighteen hours. We bought it, uh, like I bought it with a bunch of my buddies on like Friday night, I think, and then Saturday and Sunday just kind of spammed it a good bit. So it's a fun game. I'm digging it. Have you played it at all, or seen anybody? I've not uh, played or seen anybody, but it sounds like you're having a grand old time with the uh, with the old buddies. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like it, it's like uh, I guess it was an old Warcraft three mod. It's like a tower defense, but um, like you play, it's like multiplayer teams against each other. So you get matched up like against one person on the other team, and you can send units to their board like with the normal tower defense waves. And then you have to build up your board, and there's strategy behind all that stuff. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I've been digging. Oh, that it. sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of reminds me, um, well, what I've been up to is I've been playing some set six on PBE of TFT. Nice. And there's going to be a new mode in there when where you get to play like 2v2, v2, v2. Oh, really? And you're, yeah, and you're going to be able to like help out your teammates as well. Like if I win my fight, then like what whatever's left over, it goes to my teammates board uh, to help out there as well. Um, that's going to come out late uh, later in November, I think. So I'm looking forward to that, playing that with some um, friends of mine, and ship. it sounds like a blast. Yeah, that actually does sound pretty legit. I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, they keep, like, everything pretty low-key in TFT. <laughs> you, just have, you have to, like, look for it. Yeah, so you gotta be in the know. There, yeah, there's that. Um, but pretty much same for me, playing some Final Fantasy, playing, I think I played a game of Earth yesterday, and that uh, didn't go so well. Oof, Yeah. Yeah, I haven't but, um, even... You know, I, I think I got my fix. <laughs> I think I've only played a couple ARAMs over the last week or so in an actual league, you know? Just been... Yeah, I think I've been playing TFT a whole bunch. Um, just saying my farewells to um, this set before we move on to the next one. Right. 
But this is about League, the podcast about League of Legends. True, true, true. Which we clearly play a shit ton of. Let's go. A shit ton of. <laughs> and we'll talk about the patch notes at a later time. Today, we're sticking to the World Championship. This past week, the quarterfinals happened Friday to Monday, and some games went on. You want to start with um, the Friday match? Yeah, bring it on. We'll just run them through. Yeah, so uh, what ha- happened here is I woke up at like 7.30 a.m. our time, and the, the games were over. It was a 3-0 for, um, for uh, T1 versus uh, Hanlon Life Gaming. And I actually went back, and I, I just watched some quick highlights of this series. Um, were you able to catch any of the games? No, I think I had pretty much the same experience as you, where I, I might have woken up in time to see like that game three was a 2-0 and it was already almost over and i was like yeah okay i'm gonna go back to sleep until i need to get up yeah that that's pretty much how this series went i think the first game was actually kind of watchable um but the second and third ones were were not actually i think it's other the first and third games were like not even close at all the second one was kind of watchable um but yeah it, it was pretty stompy and you know some i think You'd be interesting to hear, or interested to hear that T1 pulled out the cool stuff again. Talon Jungle, I think um, he pulled out. I think his name is Owner, the jungler. Right. He pulled out Poppy Jungle for game two again. So they're pulling out the cool stuff. Um, and then I heard some a couple of stats from some other podcasts as well. Um, summoning Insight, to be exact. <laughs> that uh, Guma Yushi has been playing the fuck out of um, Aphelios this world, and apparently he hasn't died very much i think he's only died like three times across all of the games that they've played at worlds um and that uh, among like the uh, the members on t1 like a lot of them like four out of five of them are in the like top 10 of like leafs deaths in the whole tournament for that whole team which is pretty cool yeah it does seem like um i think i i think i saw the stats because that was one of the talking points going in uh, was a lot of how like how Faker's stats matched up against Trovi, right? The the like mid lane stats gods, um, and and Faker had was actually pretty low in in stats for mid laners because he's just been letting Gumayushi and uh, and Kana just farm the entire uh, map and get super ahead and win the game. So it was kind of interesting. I, I'm not that surprised that the rest of T1 is is getting you know making bank on the leaderboards because they're letting fakers just like letting them do it um but yeah that's that's my takeaway here is that at t1 is actually looking pretty strong and they look to play it looks like they play whatever they want and they have this um their own read on the meta of like playing any jungler that owner feels like <laughs> apparently and um, yeah, they, they played through the bottom and Faker just kind of supports through the mid lane as well. I think he played like two games of Lissandra, um, for games two and three and it seemed all right. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that this is like, I don't know, this was kind of the series I expected going in. Um, like Hanwa needed to go crazy and they had kind of showed that they could in groups and plans, you know, that they weren't just the Chovy show and kind of washed. Um, but then they reverted when they went to face their Korean brethren and it was just the Jovi show and it didn't work. Yeah. It, it kind of did look like that where it looked like the team just didn't stand a chance again. Game two, it was an, uh, an okay game, a little bit of back and forth, but the end, the end, um, it looked like they didn't stand a chance by the end of game three. Yeah. 
any anything else you got for T1 versus HLE? I don't think so, dude. This was, I don't you know. Yeah, this was the one I was pretty fucking confident about going into this week. And <laughs> yeah, that was, that was about it. <laughs> yeah, so there goes that one. Uh, next up was Saturday's game. The two LPL teams uh, left in the tournament battled against each other. EDG versus RNG. And this one did go to five games with a couple of interesting things in between. Um, were you able to catch any of these games? Yeah, so this ge- this series, I did catch some of it um like the last game maybe uh but i think part of part of yeah. that was because this was saturday morning right yeah that was i i think uh i had been on some legion td2 grind on friday night and so i was trying to sleep in a little bit to catch up but uh yeah i caught the i got game five and then a lot of the reactions to the the way that the series unfolded i guess um <laughs> with the yeah with that's the one way to put it. and everything that was yeah yeah, so this one was a bit of back and forth, like you said. Um, RNG, they did um, their mid later crying. He did play Annie for like games two, three, and four. Um, where the first game that they pulled out in game two, I'm pretty, I actually think they lost. But then in games three and four, they won with the Annie. And so it got banned in game five alongside like four other mid laners um, <laughs> against crying. So that was that was pretty crazy. But, um, you know, last week you were talking about how, like, you're kind of joking about how LPL teams are no brains, all hands. And it kind of, when I was watching the highlights, it kind of looks that way. Where, like, they just <laughs> fight so fucking much, dude. It's right. so insane. And, like, and a fight can start and, like, really you don't know. It, it, it seems as if both teams are thinking, yeah, we could win. We can still win the yeah. fight. Like, oh, yeah, just keep going. And like And, like, for some reason they just, both teams think they can win the fight. Like... There's that from start to finish. There's that great MLXG copy pasta. I think it was when I first remember seeing it. When um, when that right, he was on RNG. Like that was a long time ago. When um, but it was like when when RNG are like 8K gold up. MLXG thinks that they have a, like a dominant lead and goes in to initiate the fight because that's how they end the game. Then it's like when RNG are even in gold. MLXG thinks they have a slight lead, so he initiates a fight to start to like increase their lead and secure the advantage. And then it's like when MLXG or when RNG is down by like 1k gold, it's like MLXG thinks that it's pretty even, so he initiates a fight in order to find an advantage. And then it's like when when RNG is down by 8k gold, MLXG thinks they're slightly behind, so he initiates a fight to try and make up the advantage. And it's like, yeah, that sounds about right for all of China right now. <laughs> yeah salute to um chinese harry potter himself but yeah i don't know this was i i didn't go back to watch a lot of the games but it is pretty funny that um like the the annie pick coming out um and just i i guess i'm surprised that it was as close as it was it seemed like there was more hype around edg going like into this tournament um yeah and again this series was kind of weird because like i think some games are really back and forth and then like some games are just like hard stomps i think game two was a a hard stomp by edg um game three was even and then game four was a a hard stomp by rng and um and then fifth game was uh, um pretty one-sided as well it's, it it kind of seems to seem like be as aggro as you can and then you know if your aggro play works out in the early game like um over the opposing teams then you you get to run with the rest of the game fortunately right. <laughs> um 
I think a, a couple of takeaways I, I saw in this series is that um, there's a lot. It's just like MF versus uh, Aphelios every every game, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and teams will switch with which one they prefer. Um, this series is a little different compared to some other ones that I noticed. Um, uh, like they they really let Yumi go through, and so there was a lot of enchanters versus enchanter in the bottom lane. Um, and yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. And um. What I, what I I guess what I also noticed is that pretty much for all the junglers, it's just anything that can build, um, what should we call it? Anything that can build, anyone who can build Gore Drinker is, is playable, it feels <laughs> right. like. Yeah, we needed that, this last patch to come before Worlds if we wanted that to not be the case, it seems. Uh, but yeah, that, that's it for me. I, I just watched the highlights. I, I, I think I also caught the fifth game live, but um, yeah, I just watched the highlights just now. And um, it seemed like a pretty fun series, to be honest. Uh, and I wonder how EDG will do moving forward. Yeah, I think this one is interesting. I don't know. I, I'm I'm almost not surprised that this was the only five game series of the of the uh, quarterfinals. You know, based off of that like China v China stuff I was talking about before. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. This it'll be interesting to see how this EDG matches up against um, the the Gen G in the quarters or in the semis. Cause that's, that's their matchup, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely two very different styles. We'll talk about Gen G some when the time comes, but two very different styles. If, if they, if they just bring the same heat, I'm, I'll be interested to see how it works out. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So we, I, I've got no more there, so we can go ahead and move on to Sunday's match of Damwon versus Mad Lions. Again, I woke up, series was over. Uh 3-0 in favor of Damwon. Um reading stuff online, you you it would have made me think that it was absolutely one-sided all three games. Um and when I watched some of the highlights just now, it did not seem like the case. Um but kind of similar to T1 versus uh HLE, um uh, games 1 and 3 were were pretty one-sided for Damwon in this case. Yeah. And and game two was actually very interesting, um, and that's the one that I'll just talk about right now, okay. um, where actually Mad Lions had like a, a five-kill lead in the beginning and then a pretty strong lead throughout the most of the game, I would say, um, and actually um, showing up to most of the dragons, taking most of them. I think they they even got, you know, dragon soul this game. Um, but in the end, they just kind of faltered. Uh, Damwon had some good plays and um, around around the Baron area where... You just can't let a, a cannon get onto you like that. Yeah. Um, but but that was pretty much the only sliver of hope in that game too that uh, Mad Lions really had because game game three was not that pretty for Mad Lions, and this pretty much um, solidified that Damwon is undefeated at this tournament so far, six uh, zero in the group stage, three zero now in the quarterfinals, so nine and zero. Um. And they're looking pretty good um, so far. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think um, I think the series I actually was at the point where I was like, oh, I'll try and wake up and watch some of these Worlds games. You know, I was excited for Mad. I was I was hyping them up last week. I was like, this is the Hopium, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, clearly, that didn't happen. But I I think I tried to wake up early, and I think I I woke up for that game too. Like I was at some point, like you know, like right around the the like ten minute mark where it's like, oh yeah, Mad has the lead. You know, and I'm going in and out of sleep trying to stay awake in my bed. And then, like, it just, you know, 
did it didn't matter what I saw, but I came back to them losing the game and I'm like, ah oh, shit. And then game three, yeah, it was I mean it, it that's a tough one. That this game this series and the next one both kind of felt like old school like Korea Korea against the West, you know, like the West might you might have something at the beginning where you get excited, you know, like there's some early kills and then they just get stuffed, you know, there's nothing you 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 lose or you can't find the plays in mid game to translate it. You can't you can't get a baron and actually break into the base or something, and it just you slowly lose the game and you slowly lose the game. And as soon as you haven't won by like that twenty five minute mark, you're like, ah oh, shit, we're gonna lose. It's over. Like they don't even have a lead yet, but I know that we already lose this game. Yeah, that that's how I feel like or used to feel like you know, watching West versus East is like if they if if the game's even, this game's lost. They're gonna like something bad is gonna happen, right? <laughs> um, where you'll get like four out or even aced by like fifteen minutes or something like that. I just know it. Uh, anything else for DK versus uh, Mad Lines? Ooh, I did see today. There was a pretty good. Um, there was a good Reddit post of uh, humanoid getting hit by every skill shot that Showmaker. Oh, I saw him. that. Did yeah, you watch that for like five minutes. <laughs> I think it was like yes. Yeah, six out of seven orbs in like two minutes or something like that yeah that was fucking that was rough to watch that was one of those like i don't know it, that's just hard you know you're you're watching as um you just it, it doesn't look like anything special right you, it's like through showmaker's pro view and you just see him hitting every skill shot and you're like oh yeah that's just that's just what you do right like it's one of those it's like when a when a math teacher is showing you like a really complicated math proof and you sit there and like yeah, that makes sense. And then he says, okay, do it yourself. And you're like, I don't know where to start at all. <laughs> yeah, it like it feels like ideal League of Legends where like if somebody like LS is like, dude, Renekton's useless. And you're like, why? And you're like, well, Renekton can't do anything. And that's what it felt like watching that Syndra hit Orianna with every orb. It's just right. like, <laughs> well, yeah, what did you, what did you think was going to happen? Of course, uh, Syndra's going to hit every orb and like... And then it it's, it's going to make you yeah. feel like, yeah, make you feel like you can't do anything. And then I think that actually did, like, it actually did matter where, like, um, Humanoid had to blow his TP pretty early and then Showmaker and then used his, his TP flash, on, yeah. in a bottom lane fight. Yeah, like, um, to help his team out. So, yeah, that, that's pretty crazy that he can just establish that lead for them. And, you know, it just makes them look super insane um, as, a whole, as, um, as a whole team. Yeah, it's like it totally looks like something that you would see, like you know, that's what you expect, like diamond players versus silver players in lane. But it's world level mid laner versus world level mid laner. Yeah. Oh, one last thing I will say is that Ghost does not seem to care about Aphelios as much. You know, he'll it looks like he'll play Jin against MF. That's kind of like what Damwon like to play, um, or at least the Korean planes teams like to play Jin. Um, it seems like. Yeah, I think this is more I for Damwon in particular, I think that's more of like Damwon doesn't believe in their bottom lane. <laughs> like I that's right, this is the same Damwon that had Showmaker roll swap to ADC halfway through the split or whatever because they were too shit. So I'm I'm not surprised to see Ghost relegated to things like Ziggs or Jin that are just long range follow up champions instead of the uh hard carry Aphelios. Yeah, but all in all, um, I, I liked what I saw out of Mad Lions in Game 2. Uh, I liked how decisive Kaiser was with doing some more stuff on Rakan and uh, making it seem like um, they're just super aggressive the whole game. So I wish them uh, best of luck in the future. 
I I wonder what that how that team's going to look like and um next going into next year and um I think they can be proud of themselves but in the end I guess only G2 uh can make like big waves at uh, the World Championship. I don't know. Hey, Fnatic made finals too. Come on. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, with with Caps and um the big homies. True, true. Broxa, that's his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were just saying everybody else the big homies yeah. i got you yeah braxton the big homies um yeah yeah any, any anything else uh, on your side for mad lions versus damon no i think that was pretty much it it was a good old-fashioned stomp yeah good old-fashioned stomp speaking of which uh, our last <laughs> series to talk about is gen g versus cloud nine yet another three zero in favor of generation gaming from the league of champions korea Although I I have heard that this series was not as bad, I actually have wasn't able to catch up on how all of the games went. But I did watch the third one. Um, but how about you, man? Would you, uh, have you watched any of these Gen G versus Cloud Nine games? Yeah, this is kind of the same for me. Where it was like I woke up in time to watch the third one, and it was not going well. And then you know, yeah, it's the last series. I was like, man, I don't need to see this. I didn't go back and watch any other ones. But it looked like. I don't know. It looked like, yeah, like you said, not, not that bad. Um, I mean, it was still a fucking three zero, but it yeah, wasn't like it's still a three zero. Yeah, it wasn't like hard destruction. Like there was nothing that C nine could do. It just, it was more of that like the old Korean, you know, like if you don't, if you're not winning, you're losing. And C nine was picking some pretty rough comps to try and play. Um, like I think game one they picked like. Uh, they picked Yasuo for perks and like that's hype, but also they were into like Lulu, Aphelios, Xin Zhao, and Cannon. Like you're you try and ulti in as Yasuo and you just are gonna die no matter what items you have. If you have QSS, if you have cleanse, right? Like it's not gonna work. So I don't know. Felt like felt like they drafted themselves into some hard spots and then at the same time it was just they were losing some some bad bad games. I don't know tough tough to fight yeah i i also only caught the the third game and it seemed okay at first and it seemed like cloud nine were trying to make some good moves around the map but then it looked like they just got outclassed in the end and it kind of did feel like you know like you were saying earlier old korea versus the west where you know these eastern teams just look very like disciplined they actually do work they do seem to work as a like a full five-man team uh, that's like coordinated as opposed to like you know sometimes LCS teams, what's going on here? <laughs> um, jokes aside, yeah, pretty rough three zero. I I I think um, I don't think that even like in a best of five. Uh, well, of course it's a best of five. I don't even think in ten games. Um, after having seen what I saw in the third game, I don't even know if Cloud Nine could like win three games at a best of 10 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I think not sure. You're probably right. It's, it seems like on the day, probably not. It's, I think that. Yeah. C9 could have played better. Right. Uh, and they like, yeah, like those, they had some early games where it showed they had an idea of what to do. Um, but yeah, BDD, B, I think the big shout out for this series was BDD playing like really well. Um, after, you know, that, dominant zoe performance to knock the shit out of tl out of groups um 
he did kind of the same thing in game three against cloud nine to knock them out too uh so he's been pretty stepping up pretty high for for genji um and then like just as a whole i think it's still it's still genji playing like as long as we don't lose we're gonna win right like we get to late game and we win some team fights and that's gg um yeah which like i was saying earlier i don't know i don't know if you can pull that off against edg like maybe you can pull that off against c9 because it's na omega lol uh and you know blabber is gonna do some big int thing but i think edg makes less of those inty mistakes so we'll we'll see what happens but it'll be i i'd be surprised if genji can keep up their winning ways against the better teams yeah i i i'm 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 looking forward to the match and we can get right into those uh any final words for genji versus cloud nine yeah i don't know probably just rest in peace cloud nine dude i think this is it was rough i don't know i think i think perks gave a gave some tweet that was like yeah that was a bad 3-0 but like we were also supposed to get 3-0'd by tsm to make it into world so at least we got this far uh which is true which is pretty true but it still feels bad yeah it feels bad i think that in the end yeah these these east i feel like these eastern teams are just so much more disciplined or they've been through the shit and what i really mean by that is like i guess playing in the na you don't get punished for mistakes as hard or certain kinds of mistakes as badly and so your perception of what you can get away with in terms of positioning or um or just being ready for certain things to happen to you um you might not be as like prepared for it um, yeah. and so that that's kind of what i fe- what i mean by that is i feel like unfortunately you know na teams practice against na teams for a majority of the year and then and then they just have to buckle up within a a couple of weeks to play at the world championship and um i guess old habits die hard and you know that's how zvan can get um picked off over and over in game three and stuff like that so right and yeah. that's just some quick thoughts i don't know how true you know how um i don't know what the word is like how truthful i'm being or how much truth there is to my words validity you know something <laughs> like that yeah i get what you're saying yeah i think um what was i gonna say i think it's hard for Yeah, now I've lost it as well. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll save you. We can just move on. Fuck it. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, oh, so we've got four wait, teams hold left. On. Bef- oh, before go we go on that one, I was going to say also the the comment that um, BDD made about Western midlaners. He's saying is something along the lines of Western midlaners just don't know how to lane or, or, or are bad at laning just in general across the board. Um, I thought that was a pretty interesting line and kind of a, a tell on um or it hits on the same point as like what you said about the uh just not being tested in an a i think is if if bdd played against like jensen and perks and presumably scrimmed against everybody else right like he played against some of the better mid laners at least that na has to offer yeah. uh and last worlds was when he shit on uh bjergsen in groups too so like if if that's what he's got to say about Western midlaners, it feels pretty bad. And I don't know. Now's not the time to try and 
defend the Western mids in terms of being up the lane, but it's a it's a good example of like what you're saying about just not being able to get good practice or or match up against things that you didn't expect um that kind of thing yeah and you know what we'll, we'll give him that one for now for now for um, now yeah yeah Kill- genji's been to worlds for like a couple of times um for themselves and bdd he's probably like a, a top five mid laner over in lck as well so we'll we'll give him this one until bjergsen comes back from his hyperbolic coaching time chamber guaranteed yeah. dubs I think that's a that's an interesting, um, you know, thought experiment as to whether that matters or not. Like, <laughs> like just uh, taking time off to like see the game from another perspective. I don't know. We'll talk about this in the future. True, true, true. Once it's confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah, maybe we can talk some um, a little bit of off season stuff afterwards. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So we've got four teams left in the world championship. Um, Damon Kia are facing T1 this Saturday, October 30th at 5 a.m. That's going to be our first semifinal match. Um, pretty hype. Um, again, between these two teams, Damon Kia has lost zero games. T1 lost one game against EDG in the group stage, but then um, that's it. So between these two teams, they've lost one game out of 18 so far, <laughs> um, which is pretty crazy. And unfortunately, one team has to isn't going to make it past this point uh, out of these two. So, but both teams have insane stats for themselves, and I'm pretty excited for this matchup because I, I feel like this is probably it could be that the winner of this series is going to go on to win the whole thing. Yep, yep. I would, I would probably definitely agree. I, I would probably definitely agree with you on that point. Um, this this feels like the true finals for sure. In my humble yeah. opinion. Yeah, T1 always finds themselves in in these kind of situations where they they play against the true finals in the semis or something like that. Yeah, hopefully this can be as hype as the the Rock series. I I don't want it to be a, another sad 3-0. Yeah. But anyways, you know, these teams uh these two teams played um in the summer playoffs for you know, the for the first place match and Damwon, I believe they won 3 to 1 in the summer playoffs. And so this is going to be a rematch of that here at the World Championship, different patch, and you know about two months later. But uh, and but and Team One's been looking good, and they I guess the meta has had a bit of a shakeup where it seems like Gwen is back in the top lane. You can play whatever you want mid lane. You can play whatever you want jungle. Um, AD carries seem pretty locked, but even that and then even the supports are kind of changing up as well. You know, Barrel pulled out um, Pike in the quarterfinals and then we've seen yumi nautilus even lulu uh rakan so there's a there's a lot of um different variables that can fly around in this series that i'm really looking forward to and we'll see if owner pulls out any more talent um or even draws bands for that kind of stuff true yeah i um i think that's a good point um about the their last matchup in in finals but like you said two months later I think T1 has looked probably a lot stronger than, at least from what I've heard, they looked in um, in LCK and leading up to Worlds. So I think that I'd be more hype on the T1 train now. Um, I don't know, just going off of how we've seen them play or who we've seen them play, really, it's it's almost hard to give damn on the edge like yes they've looked dominant yes they were the undefeated team but i would think that 
Damwon has played the weaker teams than T1 has. So if that means anything, I think that's going to be a an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, true. I guess they both played NA teams, so that's pretty even. Yeah, and Dam- but Damwon no. played the the f- hard faltering FPX, you know. Yeah, but then T1 did have uh, LJL, so maybe it does even out somewhere in there. That's true. We'll we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this match. Hopefully, I wake up and it's not over. Right. So. Yeah. That's that's all I'm hoping for. Honestly, is that I yeah, can wake up. Like, I'm hoping a cool for eight o'clock catch game four and five. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for in this series as well. And uh, yeah, I think I saw a Reddit, uh, today. Uh, post on reddit today saying that like um at max khan is gonna have five more or ten more games in his career here um because it's just it's gonna be either this series and then if he wins the series they'll possibly another five in the next one so minimum three maximum ten is the amount of games that khan has left in the tank before he has to do mandatory military service yeah yeah it does feel kind of bad i i don't know i'm at this point i'm I don't know if I'm as sad as I was when they first started doing the the this is Khan's last worlds, this is Khan's last playoffs, you know, like it feels like it's dragged on a bit, but it is it's still sad to think about as we get closer and closer to the end. <laughs> yeah, to the end. Any any final words for Damwon versus T1 this Saturday? Nah, dude, I'm just on the the faker, the Gumiyushi train. I'm ready for that stuff. Let's go TV. Yeah, yeah, he's he's insane. And actually it's pretty insane that like there's so many 17-year-olds on the T1 team right now. I think <laughs> Gumayushi and the jungler are both like just super young. We're like, you know, the first time Faker won the world championship, these guys were like 12, 11, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or younger. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool and like crazy to think about. But I, I'm sure there's a lot of people in LCK now who are like, you know, that's the they same, were yeah. 10 years old when Faker won. So, yeah, that's just, that's just pretty cool. And I guess maybe soon an NA will be like that, where, you know, when Bjergsen won LCS the first time, Danny was 10. I, th- I think we're almost, like I think we're kind of already there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tr- Danny's a good example yeah, of that. Yeah, I think Danny is, yeah. And too bad, too bad he never faced against the, the great double lift. He never had the chance. True. Feels bad, man. Um, and then the the other quarterfinal match that you know you alluded to earlier is going to be Gen G versus EDG. Um, and oh yeah, another thing that, that I saw um, I, on Twitter the other day is that you know in these four teams there's 17 Koreans um, yeah. because <laughs> even EDG has uh, two in Scout and somebody Viper. else, Scout and Viper, right? Yeah. And so um, speaking of Viper. Also plays a fuck ton of Aphelios here at the World Championship. True. Um, known for his Aphelios out in the LPL uh, summer playoffs as well, in the in the in the finals actually. And so, yeah, expect to see more Aphelios throughout both of these matches from Gumushi and um, and Viper and Ruler too, if they, if they can play it. I bet that'll be highly contested in that series. Oh, true. Yeah, so I- I'm sure MF and Aphelios are just going to be, you know, exchanged between these two teams throughout this series, and we'll see if um, any of those, you know, fun picks that EDG likes to have, like 
like um, you know, the different support picks they were doing in their RNG series and how they're going to manage their top laner versus Gen G as well. I think this um, could all be very interesting, and I wonder um, how it's all going to turn out. Yeah, dude. I, speaking just on the that that MFFLEOS trade real quick, I would like to see. I want one of these teams to pick Draven. I think I think I would bet that Gumiushi or Viper could pull it out, but I I would want. I think somebody needs to. I'm surprised it hasn't seen at least some play this world's. Um, who's is it particularly good against MF or Aphelios? I think it's good. I think it's one of those that you can contest into both of them with. Like I, I think a lot of teams pick like MF for just like that raw team fight, right? And Aphelios is like a lane bully if you get a good support with them, plus a hyper carry. Like if you're going with like a Lulu or something. Um, but I think Draven, you can pick like hard engage lanes and like play to shut them down and he's still strong enough that I think he can snowball really fast. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It seems, it feels like that's kind of what people say about Draven. Like a lot of the time, you know, there, I, I remember when double remember when double like took a break for that split and then he came back and was mercenary on uh TL before he actually made the switch. And it was like, he, I think he played Draven coming out oh, of he that died break. to the red buff. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember true. that game. But like that that was like one of those where he like he was playing Draven a fuck ton in solo queue, you know, and I think that's what people do and it's like, yeah, this is a good matchup for Draven. You just do it into this situation or whatever. And then people get excited to play it in worlds. You know, I and like Arrow is like a big Draven player and he always talks about it like, oh yeah, you could play this. I, I think this will be contested and then just like nobody does it. Nobody has the balls. Yeah, I mean, that there's a ton of high mobility lately. Even, like, getting away from a cannon can be pretty bad sometimes. Um, yeah, Kennen's been shitting on all these MFs in the, in the World Championships. So, you know, it can be rough for an, an immobile AD carry nowadays. Uh, even just, like, playing against Rakan is pretty pretty terrible. But maybe that just shows how broken Rakan is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably a fair fair point. But yeah, you know, I'm not an analyst, so I don't have much else to say against uh, Gen G versus EDG. But I am looking forward to both of these semifinals, and you know, we'll see. I think uh, a lot of stories were saying that EDG has actually never made it this far in the World Championship. Um, they usually lose out in the quarterfinals, and you know, Gen G, they won back when they were Samsung back in 2017, but um, they haven't made it back to the finals in a long time as well. Um, obviously. T1 hasn't been back to the finals in a long time where Damwon is the returning champion. So a couple of interesting storylines for all four of these teams that um, it feels like, you know, Damwon and T1 are um, the gods fighting out for the crown where Genji and EDG are more the underdogs. And, you know, the, one of the two underdogs are going to make it to the finals and we'll see how they can match up against the um, monoliths gods. up yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, I don't know. I I think somebody said, or I think I saw something like, you know, after what was the one of the more hype or hypest group stages that we've seen in a while at Worlds, then the quarterfinals this this week was just kind of boring. Um, so hope hopefully these series give us some some good content and we get a good finals matchup too. I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want this to be just damn one win six more games like 6-0 that's it and then defending champs you know repeat champs yeah 
I guess now that you know we've covered the four um the four teams in the semifinals, I kind of want to circle back and ask you again. So like, how do you feel about this world championship schedule? Now that we've you know put some thought into it at the start, and now we're in the middle of it, because I'm starting to think that like, I understand why the games are on the weekends, you know, to maximize the viewership. I would presume, but it kind of sucks that not only do I have to wait four to five days for you know the next match to take place, but yeah. the teams have to wait four to five days to take place. And sure, that gives them more time to practice, and maybe that'll lead to like higher quality games. But I kind of wish I could just see these games played like not the same day, but at least maybe like one or two days after like the last match ended is kind of what I'm thinking. Because I'm also thinking that like, um, you know, the, uh, the international what with Dota, that one was over super quick. And granted, they, they played multiple games at once, but at the same time, I mean, with multiple right. streams going on. But like, they they wrap it up super quick, you know, where like, whereas, uh, you know, Riot is has this venue in Iceland for like, six weeks like really that could just be a condensed schedule and when you could just like cut out these break days so to speak between um in this portion of the bracket stage of like why is it so long between um group to quarters quarters to semis semis to finals like really there's like uh between 10 and 15 days that are just like there's no gameplay um and these like last three weeks of the world championship like this is the first portion I would of uh, like the group stage portion, I felt like that went by too fast. But I'm starting to think that this last portion goes by too slow. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Now that I, like I'm kind of making a big deal out of nothing. <laughs> no, I kind of give it to you. I, I do think that these last few stages, it does just feel like it takes a really long time to get through. You know, a three rounds playoff bracket. Um, with no loser bracket, yeah. Right. And it, and it's like, it doesn't... I don't think it's actually that long, right? You think about it, it's like... It's two weeks and change from the first game of quarters to the finals. But it it does it does feel too long, I think, at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I think the more I think about it and the more people have complained about, like, regional formats and stuff... Um, I I don't personally think that you need to have so much time in between games. I haven't been on a team, clearly. Like, I'm not part of a competitive team. I don't discount the amount of prep work that they do. But, like, thinking about, thinking about how you compare league to, like, other sports leagues and stuff like that, I don't know that there's a reason to like not have more games just like with a few days in between. Like, I, I don't think you need six days, seven days to prep and scrim for each game, right? Like you could, you could get away with a couple of days and you'd be fine with it. And it's not like a super hindrance, you know? So I, I'm definitely more on board, I think with like, with trying something, at least like the, um, like the TI schedule, or, um, yeah, I don't know. Just just shortening these. I don't. I don't know. It does feel kind of bad, especially because it's a single elimination. Like you wouldn't want to be the having the semifinals on a Wednesday and the finals on Saturday, just because like if nobody watches semifinals on Wednesday because it's a weird time slot, then you're 
ruining it a bit. You know, I get that stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Still feels weird. I would, I'm, I, I'd be on board for a more fast-paced knockout stage for sure. Yeah, and like, I this might sound weird, but like, the longer the Asian teams are here, the more low-key tortured they are because. I guarantee you there's zero Korean food in out in Iceland. Uh, you know, so that they, they, they like I'm serious, they have to eat, you know, the food wherever the world championship is and they probably they've been here for over a month now and that they, they just have to like get through that to get to the end of the world championship and, and finally be over with that. Like it it's more there's more tests than just the game, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would I'd bet it's maybe a little less impactful for um, for gamers, I guess would be my my thoughts. These guys probably oh, okay. go, yeah, you, just you're eating, not, yeah, you're eating instant you noodles want. all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the you know the the NA teams and shit that go somewhere, and it's like first thing we got off the plane was McDonald's, right? Like Poggers, way to go, guys. Good shit. I'm sure there's some element of that for for most guys, but but I get what you're saying. Yeah, that does suck. I think that's like that's a good point too. I mean, it, it is. It's only for a few teams right like it's it's only t1 and damn one or it's only these four that even have to stay this week and only two have to stay another week right but it's a month-long tournament right and especially if they as they've expanded plans and stuff for for teams that had to go to that like if if hanwa had made it to this stage you know that's a whole another week they've been here for a month already just chilling in iceland Plus the time they had to do to quarantine ahead of time. I yeah, it's rough. For sure, dude. Um, yeah, that's it for me tonight. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Yeah. Any other miscellaneous topics you you want to talk about? You want to talk about any Mad Lions drama or any other off season rumors, that kind of thing? Nah, I think we hit all the good stuff. I don't know. The Mad Lions drama felt like I. It like it was stupid. It was stupid what that guy did, but I don't need to say anything more than that. It was just pretty stupid. Yeah, I, over. Yeah, I'm kind of meh about it as well. And then everything else is just off season rumors. I just that's that's really what it is, dude. Worlds takes too long, and then the off season can't start until Worlds is over. And then when I get knocked out because NA is you know over after first stage of groups or after quarterfinals, you know. Then it's just like, well, shit. I'm um, I'm only here to see what mess of a roster TSM puts together. Yeah, pretty rest. much, pretty much, dude. And, um, speaking of TSM roster, you know, I I kind of realized that like, I I do and I don't miss like the double lift co stream, uh, watching the world championship. Like from the end of um the LCS finals to the start of Worlds, kind of forgot about it. And then today I just realized, oh, holy shit, I haven't watched Double Lift in like three months. <laughs> um, I don't know, just a, just a fun thought. Yeah, that's kind of fair. I feel like I'd worry more about it if um, I was awake to watch the games anyway. it's That's that's the thing that makes it true, harder for me. True. When Worlds is on a schedule like this, it's like, I don't mind missing out on the live content. But at the same time, I want to know who won like when I wake up. And so I'll look at that and then I don't mind to like sit and rewatch like a full rerun of the game like i'll watch highlights or whatever yeah but, even like, the highlights Cap- it was a struggle for me to get through though it's just like yeah eh. 
yeah, especially if it's like boring series or whatever. But like, you know, there, I think Captain Flowers has been doing like restreams where he commentates over the games or something. And like, that'd be fun, I think, to watch. But at the same time, I don't feel like I want to watch all, you know, three or five hours of the games like in the middle of the day again when I already know what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. Especially like I, I remember watching the T1 versus HLE highlight, and it'll be like, like the um the first highlight of the match starts at nine minutes, and then the next one happens at eighteen minutes. And it's like, oh, thank God I didn't watch that fucking match because the, <laughs> the it would just be like watching them clear waves for until dragon spawns over and over. Right. Which I, I'm sure most games, you know, that's the tempo of the game is just the dragon is the focal point, but. Yeah, that just kind of reminds me of like how painful it can be to watch some League of Legends matches sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I keep I keep bumping my head into my microphone for some reason. <laughs> Hanging too close to you. Yeah. All right, uh, that's gonna be it for this episode of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it, and if you did, be sure to f- subscribe to us on the podcast player that you are listening to us on, if you haven't already. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you showed us some support as well by liking it on whatever player that you're using as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so forth. And yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm nailing this. So, you know, that's all. <laughs> See you guys later. Cue the See music. Y'all. Peace out. Cue it. Play us out.